Hello, welcome back to the Frickazoids, and I'm Alex. Hi, I'm your host, Jacob, and uh, our short story is The Wallpaper. Here's a uh, summary of my short story. This narrator starts off by telling us the woman and John, her husband, got themselves in the ancestral halls, then introduces her, her husband as practical and extreme. John is a physician. She would write for a while in spite of John and her brother. The woman is very sick. John doesn't believe this and tells her untrue things. Her sickness would get worse and John wouldn't help only tell her the only tell her the wrong things. She takes pains, phosphates and tonics to control herself, which makes her tired. Her room is a nursery that is big and airy. The windows are barred. She hates the yellow wallpaper. She describes it so detailed how it's so dull, provoking, repellent it is. Um, she, she would then bring this up again and again. Jenny was John's sister. She is a housekeeper and takes care of, takes care of her. She starts to get very fond of this room in spite of the wallpaper. She thinks it's perhaps because of the wallpaper. She uncovers a figure behind the pattern, a woman. She would um, she would seem to shake the pattern as if she was trying to get out. This wallpaper made her life much more exciting than it is than it used to be. This yellow starts to she starts to get the smell off this yellow, and it start, and it makes her think of the old foul bad yellow things. Um, she would. She would also think there are many women behind it. And then one crawls around fast and shakes the bars hard. Later, she would start to peel off the wallpaper little by little. The woman in the wall helped. The, helped. They both got yards of the wallpaper off. She then locks the door. She doesn't want out and... Doesn't want any doesn't want anybody out and doesn't want anybody in till John comes. She then rips the the woman from the wallpaper. Then she thinks she was her, but now she is free. She is happy that she can now creep smoothly around as she pleases. John breaks open the door, then faints. She would then creep around over him every time. Alright. Question question one. How does the narrator's description of the wallpaper change over time? What do you say, Alex? Um I think the wallpaper like starts off as something like uh good but then it slowly turns into something bad. Like once she once the once the narrator finally realizes that what her husband is doing to her, I guess. So, yeah. I sort of agree with that, Alex. But I just think it's bad overall. It just progressed. Uh, it just seemed to get worse as the story went on. Like, at first she was irritated by the wallpaper. Then she grew very fond of it. And then it kind of just consumed her. She would, like, she would just go insane, psychotic about this wallpaper. 
and it just made her unhealthy at the end. So how it starts off, the the woman hates the yellow wallpaper. She describes so detailed how dull, provoking, and repellent it is. Um, how design is not arranged in any laws of radiation or alteration or repetition or symmetry. Um, she would she would then bring this up again and again. She starts to get very fond of the room in spite of the wallpaper. She uh she then thinks it's perhaps because of the wallpaper. This is um this is where it gets an obsession this is where she gets the obsession of the wallpaper. Later she uncovers a, a figure behind the wallpaper, a woman. She would seem to shake the pattern and as if she was trying to get out. Later she would start to peel off the wallpaper little by little. The woman in the wall helped helped her uh they both got yards off the paper she then ripped the woman from the wallpaper then she she was her and now she's free from it so basically a little portion of the summary i read of the wall changing over time so alex what's uh what do you think about it um so how you're saying that she is from what i understand you're saying she is the wallpaper i guess so like what i'm wondering is like how does like how does her how does she relate to being in the wallpaper i guess if that makes any sense well at the end they reveal she's the wallpaper so that's what i mean by like she's the wallpaper Okay, so at first, the walls just seem like regular walls, but as the story goes on, the narrator gives, you know, really intense descriptions of the wallpaper and uses a lot of imagery, like it is stripped off and there's great patches on the wallpaper, and... You know, a perfect example of that is how the the yellow wallpaper had a yellow smell to it. Like, just using the imagery to really describe what's going on here. Okay, question two. What does the wallpaper represent, Alex? Well, what I thought the wallpaper represented was, like, the isolation, I guess, or the oppression that woman faced in her time period. Um, When she finally rips down the wallpaper, it's, like, representing how, like, women are finally getting to progress and are slowly getting their rights back, or getting their rights in the world, I guess. Yeah, I agree with that. How it starts off as the the wallpaper just being an oppression that woman face, and then when she rips it down, she's free from it. Like all how all the woman, like gets their rights. Like I yeah, I think that makes sense, Alex. So my opinion on this, I think the wallpaper represents the woman's life, her sickness and her imprisonment. She is uh imprisoned by her husband. She doesn't get the demand she wants 
She's psychotic, mentally unstable, taking tonics. The wallpaper displays this because it's all it's all um, all she focuses. She hates it at first, but then gets obsessed with it. Then she get then she gets uh insane with it, and it becomes her life. What do you think of my opinion on this, Alex? I think it would. I can see how you understand it, but from what I got from it, I thought you. I thought it was like uh, it was a deeper meaning, and not just her in general, but like everybody else that's around her. And okay, well, personally, I think that the wallpaper. You know, kind of represents, I think, the structure of families, but also how, you know, the narrator kind of feels trapped in this story. And, you know, something else I found interesting is that wallpaper actually symbolizes humbleness and domestic traits according to spark notes <laughs> and you know a perfect example of this is like you know there's things in the paper that no one will ever know but me like just that right there, kind of, you know, really, uh, it really stuck out to me, and when I thought of that quote, I, I could really see what the narrator was really trying to represent about the wallpaper in this story. Okay, our own essential question how does the the woman's relationship with her husband evolve slash change? Does her mental state improve or worsen? What do you think, Alex? I believe that the narrator's uh, relationship with the husband grew further apart every time she started to realize what sh her husband was doing to her and like that she's not actually crazy. Um, I believe her mental state it kind of stayed the same because. Like, every time she realized that her husband was giving her problems or, like, giving her something to think about or, like, to dwell on, she would always, like, not get past it, I guess. Yeah, but I don't think her mental state stayed the same. I think it just got worse. She just got more insane as she grew closer to the wallpaper. Um, I do agree with the the relationship being further apart. Like, she just, um, her husband was just telling her the wrong things and wasn't helping her at all. Doing the opposite of what she needed and it just made her go crazy. So, my opinion on this, uh, the woman's relationship with John starts off as him not believing her over her sickness. Then, she says she gets unreasonably angry with John. She thinks it's due to her nervous condition. But if she feels so, John would then tell her to ne to neglect proper self-control of pain. Then she says uh, John is very careful and loving and hardly lets her stir. 
without special direction. He doesn't know how much he really suffers. She really suffers. Um, he he knows there's no real connection to to suffer, and that satisfies him. He says she was his darling and his comfort and all he had. Later on, when she gets into the paper more, she becomes a little bit more psychotic. This is where she starts to feel a little bit better. John is pleased to see her improve. Then she starts to, to smell the color yellow. It makes her think of the old foul yellow things. Later on, she um she starts to peel off the wallpaper to get the woman out. She then locked the door and John comes home and opens the door. He faints because her creeping around is just too much for him to handle. And this is another portion of my summary. Same thing. But Alex, what do you think of my opinion on this? Um, the part where you said that, like, he, he knows there's no real reason to suffer, I guess you, I can understand what you mean, but, like, I think that he really know he knows that she is suffering, and she, she enjoys, or he enjoys knowing that she's suffering, because she, because he wants to live, like, a different life, and she doesn't want, or he doesn't want to be associated with her, I guess. Yeah, he's just imprisoning her and making her suffer. Okay, well, you know, the woman's relationship with the husband changes because, like, they are happy together, but, you know, the husband keeps telling her, you know, that she's ill and that she should just stay in her room, you know, keep staying in her room and try and really get better. So he definitely, like, cared about her. But, you know, it's it's definitely changing for sure. Like, the relationship is definitely changing. Because she starts to go crazy, and, you know, just her mental state just it just worsens because you know she keeps hallucinating and seeing all these different patterns and all these orders of the directions in the walls and so I think yeah just moral of the story is the relationship with the husband is definitely changing and her mental state is only getting worse because she is persuaded by the husband to think that she's, you know, ill and not well and, you know, just to stay in her room. So, that is what I thought about that question. Okay, uh, our conclusions on this English segment. Overall, I thought this story was pretty strange with the woman's illness and the woman in the wallpaper. I know this story was the purpose to bring woman's depression to light. Her goal in writing the short story was to prevent other people from going crazy. 
But this fiction story was a kind of confusing and unpleasant thing to read. Um, what was your? What do you think about this story, Alex? Um, well, first off, what I thought the story was is that it was about the struggles that women went through in their time period, and how like their husband can like totally their husbands can totally disregard of them if they felt like it. Uh, I think this story is like. Depending on who interpret how you interpret the wallpaper, I think it can be confusing. To me, I think it was a little bit confusing. You know, my personal kind of conclusion about the story is, you know, it definitely said a lot about women, you know, and their roles in the 1800s. And the author definitely used lots of imagery to really try and tell the readers her message or purpose of the story. And one thing that I didn't really think was good is like it was very unsettling at times. And it was hard at first to really pick up on who the narrator was but you know and going on with that I had to like kind of reread some sections and you know to really understand who is actually narrating the story and you know I just I think the overall message is that women had harsh lives, for sure, um, you know, and I think what the author is trying to do here is she's trying to change the reader's perspective towards women and their role in society during the 1800s, so... That's all I had to say. Alright, now for the creative segment. Our weekly segment is food. Okay, first question, Alex. What do you think is the the most unusual thing that you personally ever have eaten before? Um, so this one time we went to uh, like San Diego and there was this store that sold like crickets and like mealworms in a package and then I decided that I was gonna buy one buy some so I ate some chocolate covered mealworms and chocolate covered crickets which was kind of crazy which is kind of weird but it tastes good though so so what was the most craziest thing you've eaten so when I was uh when I was very little in elementary school the teacher had some fried crickets and ants or something like that uh, and I think I, I I ate that back then, and that was probably disgusted the most disgusting thing unusual thing I've ever eaten before. Uh, I'll never eat anything like that again. Um, so the next question: What are your favorite fruits and vegetables, and which ones can you not stand? Honestly, I pretty much like all fruits, but some of the vegetables that I don't like is like. Uh Let's see here. Brussels sprouts, maybe. I think Brussels sprouts are kind of gross. 
spinach is pretty bad too. Where are the? Uh, wait, what about what about your fruits? Um, I'm. I mean, like I said, I don't really hate any fruits, so I eat all the fruits. Oh. So, I pretty much like every fruit. My favorite fruits are mangoes, cherries, and watermelon. My favorite vegetables are carrots, pickles, and celery. The only vegetable I don't like is cauliflower. So, uh, yeah. What what types of foreign foreign food have you have you tried and what is your favorite? Um if we're talking about like not Asian food or American food, I'd say I like Mediterranean food, especially from like Mediterranean kitchen. They have pretty uh good beef shawarma plates. What about you, uh Jake? Um I've tried a lot my some of my favorites are pad thai, tom yum, thai curry. Those are the only foreign foods I eat. All right, final question: Do you often eat fast food? What is your opinion on of fast food, and what are which are your favorite? Um, I honestly I eat fast food a lot. Uh, I like McDonald's, Burger Master. Um, I would go to Shake Shack more often, but it's kind of far and it's kind of expensive, and the list goes on. I guess. What about you, Jake? I love fast food. I eat it often. Uh, I think it's great. My favorite, my favorites are Arby's, Taco Bell, and Burger King. You know, I personally remember there was a time that I ate something that was the most unusual thing to me um, at that time when I was in Seattle one night and we went to this place and, you know, I don't really like seafood that much. Like, I don't hate it, but, like, you know, I don't really eat it a lot. Like, I'll have it sometimes. Anyways, and we ordered calamari. Now, I've never had calamari until that night, obviously. But, you know, it just seemed really unusual. I didn't really feel like trying it, but after I tried it, you know, it just seemed really unusual at first. And, you know, I mean, then I was like, oh, this is actually not, it's not that bad. It kind of tastes like popcorn chicken a little bit. So, but that's definitely something unusual. I, I'd say that's the most unusual food I've had. Well, I would say my favorite fruits would probably be watermelon, blueberries, um, raspberries, <laughs> strawberries, lots of berries for sure. And did you know that bananas are actually berries? I just found that out the other day. So I thought that'd be pretty interesting. And then I would say my favorite vegetables, like some of my favorite vegetables are carrots, for sure. Raw carrots, not cooked carrots. Cooked carrots, for me, they're just mushy. Oh, that's just me. And then, 
you know, not everyone likes broccoli, but I like broccoli. Um, I also like potatoes, obviously. Um, that's, you know, <laughs> potatoes are used a lot, like, especially in fries, like French fries and, you know, potato chips and so potatoes are good. Anyways, um, so those are some of my favorite fruits and vegetables. I mean, I guess if you're asking what kind of foreign foods have I had, um, I don't really know if this is right, but like, would Asian food be one, like, I'm, I'm not really sure, because I, oh, to me, I guess that's kind of foreign, because, like, I'm used to American food, because, like, we're in America, so, um, but I think the most foreign things I've had is probably, like, Asian food, maybe Vietnamese food, I think, I'm not really sure, I can't remember if I've had it or not, and I'd probably say, hmm, you know, I don't, I don't really know, so, my answer would be Asian food, so, yeah, um, yes, I often do eat fast food, um, a lot more now than I did when I was younger. I mean, when I was younger, it'd mostly be food at home. Um, you know, sometimes we'd go to McDonald's here and there, but not, not a lot. And it was more like restaurants than it was fast food. But now that I have a job at, uh, Chick-fil-A, you know, I'm definitely eating more fast food than I normally would be. So, and I'd say Chick-fil-A is probably one of my favorite fast food places. I wouldn't say it's my, like, absolute favorite, but it's, it's pretty good. There's definitely other options. that There's other fast food places that I like, too. So, um, yeah, that's my answer to the question. All right, guys, this is the end of the episode. This is our podcast on the yellow wallpaper. See you all next week in episode four. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. All right. Just wanted to say thank you all for listening to our podcast. Um, we really appreciate it. And, yeah, I just wanted to say goodbye to you all. So, peace out. Thank <laughs> you.